church. How's everybody doing? Good. Good to see you all. <laughs> Great. Happy December. Happy Christmas season. It's, it's a good time to be here. Um, and it's always good to be home. I'm always so happy to be home with you guys, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it's really great. Um, so today I just wanted to share some couple things with you guys. Um, uh, first will be a quick update about what's been going on at the university campuses in Halifax, as well as uh, Memorial in Newfoundland, where I've been working. And um, after that, I'll, we'll get into the Word of God and hear what God has to say. Um, so yeah, update on campus ministry. Uh, we've just wrapped up the first semester um, across uh, Atlantic Canada, and some students are still ending classes or getting into exam mode right now. And uh, yeah, I'm thankful for what God has been doing. Uh, we've been praying, I told you guys last time, for 18 students to be coming to our winter missions conference in Toronto, uh, 18 students from Atlantic Canada to join uh, this conference where there are hundreds and hundreds of students uh, learning about missions. And so that, that conference was the one that I, when I went to it, I had learned about an opportunity to go to Benin, a country in West Africa, to do a water project. And that's also where I heard about my, uh, the internship I went on last year to go to uh, Australia to Pioneer Campus Ministries. And so we're, we're believing and we're praying for 18 students to, to be coming from Atlantic Canada and see God use them and mobilize them in their campuses and around the world. And so right now there are 16 students who are currently going. So uh, we're praying for two more, so if you guys could please be praying for at least two more students from Atlantic Canada to be coming, and uh, we can praise God for uh, what he does there. And I just wanted to share a quick story as well about um, what's been going on at Dalhousie. Uh, my alumni, any Dalhousie alumni here? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we were having a prayer meeting uh, at Dal one day. Uh, we were just beginning the, the meeting. And uh, one girl, she shows up who we hadn't met before. Uh, we'll call her Megan. And uh, yeah, we had a little bit of small talk before we started praying. And uh, she didn't say too much. Uh, so I said, yeah, okay, let's just pray. And so uh, we asked, would you like to pray? And she said, ah, well, I'm not too comfortable praying out loud. I said, yeah, okay, that's no worries. I'm all good. And uh, eventually through throughout the, the prayer meeting, she, she confessed that she actually used to be a militant atheist and that she um, she had met a devout Catholic while she was uh, in high school, um, someone who was on exchange, and she was just really inspired by her devotion to God. And she said, well, I'm, I'm going to look into faith. And so it actually took three years for her to actually act on that um, inspiration that she had. And so she showed up to one of our prayer meetings, uh, which was really cool. And so yeah, like I was happy that she even took that big step of faith of showing up to a prayer meeting. She's never been in a prayer meeting before, and uh, people she doesn't know. Um, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And uh, so, yeah, we ended up uh, finding out that she wants to learn more about Christianity. So a student and I were, were doing a, a study with her now uh, on uh, Christianity and just the basics, the core principles of Christianity. And uh, it's really cool. She's She's been learning about the character of God. And uh, she, one thing that stood out to her was that uh, God is a forgiving God. She's She's been saying that over and over again. So it's really cool to see that God is doing that. And she also told us that um, one thing that really stood out to her, even while she was, she said, at her most atheistic point, um, she was still drawn to Jesus even in that point. 
So uh, that was really, really awesome. And I, I was so encouraged by, by that. And uh, we're, we're hoping to continue to, to meet with her in the new year. So yeah, please pray for her as well, for, um, for Morgan, uh, Megan, <laughs> that, that, God would, uh, that God would draw her even closer to him and um, yeah, just bring her into, into his family. And I also just wanted to say thank you again, church, for all of your support and uh, for all of your prayers. Uh, I need them. The campus needs them, and uh, they're they're really appreciated. So, uh, thank you so so much. All right. So today we're going to talk about a uh, character in the Bible, and um, it's called David. You guys might have heard of him. Um, before that, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are holy and pure and majestic and awesome, and you are good. Uh, You are loving, and you are forgiving. Uh, We're so thankful that we get to be in your presence right now, uh, that we get to enjoy you and to hear from your word and to spend time with you. Lord, may we be so aware that you are with us right now. May we sense your presence. May we be attentive to your word. May you speak to us, God. Help us, help each one of us to hear and to listen and understand what you are saying to us, Father. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that I have to share your word. And God, I ask that you would help me. Speak through me, Lord. May I speak exactly what you want me to speak, nothing more and nothing less. I pray that you would soften our hearts, work in our hearts, work in our spirits, and change us even now and throughout the service as we go on to live the rest of our lives. We love you, Lord, and we we worship you, and we praise you, and we're just so thankful. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm sure most of you have heard of David. Uh, Show of hands, who's heard of David uh, in the Bible? Yeah, okay, it looks like a good portion of you have heard of David. Um, So he's a pretty pretty big deal, pretty uh, famous guy in the Bible. And, um, yeah, he was a pretty great guy. He... He was the youngest uh, in his family, the youngest son in his family, and he was a great shepherd. Uh, he protected his sheep. He fought fought off lions. He fought off bears um, to protect them. Uh, he was a very humble guy. Uh, he killed Goliath um, because Goliath was in their territory and, and making fun of his god um, in their, their own home. And so uh, he, he just killed Goliath, uh, which is pretty impressive, and... Um, he spared Saul uh, when Saul was trying to kill kill David. Um, although David was supposed to be the the king, um, Saul tried to kill him, and David David could have killed him, and he spared him uh, more than once. Uh, he he would mourn the death of his enemies um, when when Saul died. He he mourned um, that his enemy uh, died, and uh, he was just a incredible guy. He he played the harp too. Uh, that's that's great, and uh, like yeah, how how great was this guy? Um, like we we know him as a man who is after God's own heart. Uh, but David was still just a guy, um, so even he had his flaws. Uh, do you have your flaws? <laughs> do you think that I have my flaws? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Yeah, I definitely do. And uh, so, Second Samuel uh, chapter eleven. You guys can open there. I'll just summarize it, and if you want, you can read it while I'm summing it up. Actually, I'll get some water while you open it. 
So 2 Samuel chapter 11, it's talking about David and Bathsheba. So, yeah, you can flip there. And so lots of things are going on in this chapter. So David, he is now the king of Israel. And uh, so what he does here, this is the season when everybody, all the kings are going out to battle. So David is the king of Israel. He should be going out to battle, um, but he doesn't. He, he stays home uh, in his palace, and uh, he just sends out his army instead, and he stays home. Uh, he sleeps in. Uh, he sees a beautiful girl on a roof named Bathsheba, and she's actually bathing on the roof. And so he, he sees her. He sees that she's very beautiful, and he inquires about her. He said, who, who is that? And so he finds out that um, this is Bathsheba. She's married uh, to a man named Uriah, uh, who's one of your soldiers. And so, so he knows this. He figures that out. Um, and then he, he ends up sending for her to come uh, to him. And he ends up sleeping with her. And uh, that's, that's illegal. <laughs> that is adultery. Um, so he, he, he does that. He sleeps with, with this married woman. And... Um, to make matters worse, after after that he finds out that she's pregnant, um, so he he brings Uriah back and says, "Hey, uh, come enjoy some time with your wife, uh, sleep with her. You're welcome to do that right now, even though everybody's uh, at war." And uh, Uriah, being the good soldier that he is, he stays. Um, he ends up sleeping outside, like the king's quarters. He doesn't even he doesn't even enter his house to see his wife because Everybody is at war right now, and he's saying, "How can I go to war, or how can I, how can I, eat and drink and sleep with my wife when my brothers are at war and we're fighting uh, for the kingdom, we're fighting for Israel, we're fighting for the king." And so, so that doesn't work uh, for David. Um, so David even gets him drunk and still tries to get him to do that, uh, no dice. And so David, he's just piling up sin after sin here. And so to cover that sin. Uh, David gives Uriah a letter, and uh, he tells him to, to give this letter to his commander. Um, so Uriah goes back to, to war, gives this letter to Joab, the commander, and basically the letter says, uh, send Uriah to the forefront, um, the hardest-hitting, the hardest-hitting, hardest-fighting spot, and leave him there to die. So that's his own death letter that he's sending. And so some of uh, David's servants ended up dying because of this, and Uriah included. He, he died um, because of uh, what happened. So that happens, and Bathsheba, she mourns the death of her husband. Her husband just died. And when she was done um, mourning, uh, David took her and married her. And then the last verse of that chapter, in uh, chapter 11, verse 27, says, The thing that David had done uh, displeased the Lord. So if you could just imagine the thing that David had done had displeased the Lord. Wow. So, yeah, because he didn't go to work when he was supposed to, because uh, he slept in, uh, he was tempted by his own evil desires. He was dragged. He was enticed by it. And after his evil desire, that lust that he had, uh, it conceived and it gave birth to sin, um, which was sleeping with Bathsheba. And then this sin grew and led to death, um, getting Uriah killed. Um, getting other servants killed um, who fought for David. And if you read on in Second Samuel, um, you'll see that David's baby dies as well. Uh, so that all started with him not going to battle and uh, when he should have. And whether that was from being lazy or being proud, 
I don't know. Um, but fr from that and then seeing Bathsheba and inquiring about her, um, yeah, one thing led to another. So how does a guy like David, um, a man after God's own heart, uh, do all of these awful, awful things? Uh, have you ever done anything that is wrong? Um, anything that you know is wrong? Where nobody needs to tell you it's wrong, um, but you know it's wrong? Or have you ever seen yourself doing something um, wrong before it even happens? You just, you know it's coming. You can sense it coming. Uh, perhaps when you're alone, you start thinking about uh, things you know you shouldn't be thinking about. And before you know it, you're, you're in the middle of sin. Or maybe you think uh, one, one negative thing about your coworker, about your classmate, uh, about a friend, a family member, and then that grows into bitterness and resentment and hate um, towards them. And you can see that coming before, it's, before it even happens. And you think about, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I don't want to get into this sin. Um, but then you, you get stuck in it. Um, I have definitely experienced this for myself. Um, lust has led me to places that I shouldn't be. Uh, laziness and pride have led me to dishonor God. Um, idolatry, where I say, even like I'll, I'll just check social media before I before I pray, and uh, I end up just spending my whole time on social media, and I get tired and I don't pray. So basically, replacing my time with the God of the universe, so I can scroll through Facebook and look at people's posts and comments. Um, so, so many times I do these things. I know where it's leading me, and for some reason, I don't stop before it's too late. I know how precious and valuable and enjoyable that it is to spend time with God. Um, there's nothing sweeter than spending time in the presence of our, our God, our Creator, and our Savior. So, have you ever had that feeling where you, you know something's coming? You know that, like, sin is coming? Um, like you, you have a, you have that sense, uh, kind of like uh, Han Solo or Obi Wan Kenobi, or Luke Skywalker, or many others before who have said, uh, "I have a bad feeling about this." Uh, they just have that sense that something something's coming, and so I wonder if David uh, sensed that too uh, when he didn't go to work that day, um, or when he when he looked and inquired about Bathsheba. But again, how was David such a man of God, a man after God's own heart? First uh, Samuel 16, uh, verse 13, talks about how David was anointed and how the Spirit of God came on him. So David had the Holy Spirit. And uh, so how did he mess up so badly? Uh, this reminds me of Romans uh, chapter 7, verses 14 to 25. And uh, Jennifer, if you'd like to uh, go there. Um, so Romans chapter 7 uh, Paul is writing here and to the Romans. And so verse 14, he says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it but it is sin living in me. For I know the good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, 
but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So Paul is talking about this back and forth that's going on. And um, again, David, he was this great guy, um, but why did he mess up so much? Uh, I think we can learn more, we can learn from from what Paul is writing here. Uh, We read in Romans about these two laws. There's the law of God and then the law of sin. So we've got two natures battling one another. We've got good and evil, um, spirit and flesh. And Paul is talking about how he wants to do good, um, but he he doesn't end up doing good. Or how he doesn't want to do bad, but he ends up doing bad. So he knows there is good and, and bad, and uh, he knows what he wants to do, but he ends up doing the opposite. So I've experienced that time and time again. Um, I don't know about you guys. Uh, has anybody experienced that? We can. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Um, so, yeah, that that is because of our sinful nature. Um, we are slaves to sin, and we can see that at work within us, uh, as Paul says. So, yeah, you know when you have regrets um, that you did something that you didn't want to do. For me, when I give in to lust, I just get so mad. I I know it's wrong. Um, I know it doesn't satisfy. And even if it looks good, but I'll I'll still sin. That's like, why would I do that if I know it's wrong? So sin is never worth it, um, but we seem to give in to it just way too much. And that's because we are bound to it. And Paul says in verse 24, um, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body uh, that is subject to death? So, yeah, we've experienced that. that Just sinning when we don't want to sin and uh, just messing up when we know we shouldn't do it. Whatever it is that we, we do our own evil desires. And so, like I've experienced that where I I feel like, ah, I am a failure. I've screwed up miserably. Uh, How do I get out of this endless cycle? In verse 25, Paul says, "Uh, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's really awesome. Like if you think about what Paul is saying, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, Like how great is that? That God, he delivers us. Um, through Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord and our Savior. He's our rescuer. He saves us. Uh, so right after that, Paul goes on to write um, one of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible, uh, Romans 8. And uh, you can read that when you go home. Uh, it's just an incredible, incredible uh, chapter just of who God is. And uh, yeah, I would say go read it when you get home if you haven't already. And if you have already, read it again. It's so good. Um, so yeah, going back to David. We can see the law of sin uh, that was at work in him. And at that time, he was he was being a slave to sin. And so this happens to us so often in life. Um, but like Paul said, thanks be to God 
who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus delivers us from our sin. Uh, you may have heard that over and over again uh, at church, but please don't grow tired of that, um, that Jesus delivers us from our sin. Do you understand how great our sin is? Uh, Jesus tells us everyone who looks at a woman uh, with lust, uh, with lustful intent, um, has already committed adultery in his heart. And then John in the Bible talks about uh, whoever hates his brother or his sister uh, is a murderer. And God, he sees our heart. He sees our sin. So even just imagine um, if everything that you ever thought was put up on a projector, on this projector here, uh, your mind is just there and we're all seeing it. Like if my mind was there, <laughs> uh, that would be <laughs> that would be so bad. I, I would not want that at all. <laughs> like I, I think I seem like an okay guy, but but if my mind was projected for everybody to see, it just wouldn't be that great. Uh, I I wouldn't be okay with that. <laughs> uh, w would you be okay with that? Like if if your mind was projected here. Um, yeah, I know I wouldn't, and like it even worries me thinking about about you guys seeing what's what's on my mind, how my mind, uh, like my thoughts, you guys seeing that w would worry me. And if God is my judge, um, the one who sees everything, who is perfect, who is holy, who has no sin in Him, that's terrifying. <laughs> uh, like that, that based on what I've just said so far, that would mean like I deserve death. I deserve eternal separation from God. I deserve hell. And so our our sin is no small thing. It is, it is no small thing. And David, he recognized that. And so after David committed adultery with Bathsheba, um, this is what he wrote in Psalm uh, chapter 51. And uh, we can go there. Uh, you guys can go uh, open that in your Bibles as well. Uh, Psalm chapter 51. And I want you to imagine him writing this. Uh, feeling this uh, right after committing uh, such an awful sin. So I'll get you to open to Psalm 51. So David writes right after committing adultery. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I'm, I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. 
Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. If you do not, you do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous and burnt offerings offered whole. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. So David is being incredibly honest here. Uh, he has a contrite heart. And I wasn't exactly sure what the word contrite meant. You guys probably do. Um, it means you can feel uh, the sorrow and you can feel guilt um, in your in your sin. You feel remorse in what you're doing. And so you can feel that in, in what David is writing here. Uh, you can feel what he's experiencing because of his sin. Um, he sees how great his sin is against God. And he knows that he needs saving. Uh, I think we need to realize how great our sin is. And we need to realize that we need saving. Um, just as Joanna was talking about in taking communion. Um, the whole purpose of us taking communion um, is acknowledging that Jesus paid for us. He, His body was broken on our behalf and his blood was shed on our behalf because of our sin. And so, like David, we need to acknowledge, yeah, our sin is great and uh, we need to be saved. We, we can't save ourselves uh, from this sin. And so he's asking God, have mercy on me. Um, blot out my transgressions. Cleanse me. Clean me from my sin. And he asks for a clean heart to renew a steadfast spirit within him. Within him. Uh, don't cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Uh, so again, he knows he needs to be judged, that he should be judged as guilty. Um, but he cries out for mercy. God, have mercy on me. Um, yeah, do we know the severity of our sin? Do we know the power of God's forgiveness? Uh, right after um, David has committed adultery, um, a prophet named Nathan is talking to him, and uh, David says, I have sinned against the Lord. And the response is, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. So there are consequences to David's sin, but the Lord forgave him. I'll just read that again. David says, I have sinned against the Lord. And the response is, the Lord has taken away your sin. Could you imagine this man, uh, the king of Israel, he's committed adultery with this woman. Um, he got her, her husband killed, and he's just so full of deceit. How could someone like that ever be forgiven? Uh, how could anyone forgive someone with so much evil in their hearts and even that just being shown outside of their hearts as well, like in, in action? So again, we have to come back to Romans 7 where Paul says, Who will rescue me from this body um, that is subject to death? So thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, but how could Jesus could have rescued David? Um, David's in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament. There's about like a thousand years difference there. <laughs> um, so you see, we, like you and I, uh, we are saved by putting our faith in Jesus. That's how you and I are saved. Um, by believing that Jesus was actually born, he, he came to earth as we've been singing about. 
So Jesus was born. Uh, we have to believe that, um, that he, like Christmas, that's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus has come, uh, a Savior is born, and that he lived a holy life, a life without sin, with no need for death um, or punishment, and that he died on the cross um, on our behalf, you and me, um, taking our punishment uh, that David deserved, that you deserved, that uh, we deserve, that I deserve, and that he rose again and that he conquered death, he conquered sin. Uh, so through faith we are saved. It's through faith, through believing. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Uh, Abraham, he believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Uh, just believing that Jesus, that God is who he is, that he's merciful. Um, he was, it was counted to him as righteousness. Um, so people in the Old Testament, they knew that there was a coming king. Um, they had talked about Jesus before they knew who Jesus was. There's going to be a, a Messiah, a Savior. And uh, I would argue that it would be more difficult for people in the Old Testament um, to have faith uh, than for us to have faith. Because we see, we know Jesus fulfilled um, the prophecy and the law. And uh, we know that he came and died and rose again uh, for us. Um, but like David, he didn't know who Jesus was. Uh, he didn't know about specifically Jesus, um, but he did believe in God and uh, he knew the sin in his heart and he asked God to have mercy. And through David's faith, through his cry for mercy, uh, he was forgiven. So I want to urge you to put your faith in Jesus. And if we could just get the band to come back up, please. Uh, every sin that you've committed, that I've committed, uh, Jesus actually, he died and paid for that. He knew we were going to commit those sins. Um, and that still messes with me, that he knew we were going to sin, and he was still willing to die for us. Uh, yeah, he died for us. And I, I urge you, I urge myself to bring our sin to God. Um, again, he already knows our sin. He knows all things. And he loves you and I enough to pay for it. First um, John chapter one verse nine. If you could go to that, Jennifer uh, says First John chapter one verse nine that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So if we confess our sins, if we confess them, He is faithful. God is faithful. And he's just, he will forgive us. And again, that's not by our own works. That's not by anything good that we've done. That's literally through Jesus dying on our behalf. That is how God is a just God. He, uh, if, we, if we commit a sin, if we are deserving of death, then God can't just say, oh, we'll let that slide. Um, there has to be a payment for that. Or that, that would be corruption. That, that's not right. There has to be a payment for that. And so that's what Jesus does. He pays for you and for me, uh, which again, is just incredible. Like how good is our God that he loves us that much? He knows every single sin we've committed and that we will commit. He knows our minds, he knows our thoughts. And he still dies for us. Like, yeah, praise God. Um, so if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and that's not all. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. 
that's so cool that uh, he doesn't leave right there. He, he purifies us from all of our unrighteousness. And I don't know that we will be perfect until we get to heaven. I don't think that is the case. Um, but God is purifying us more and more every day as we give ourselves to him, as we confess our sin to him and say, God, I am a sinner, but I need you. Clean me, forgive me, have mercy on me, and he will purify us. So because Jesus died, we don't have to be separated from God. If we confess our sins, again, he's faithful, he's just. I said that two or three times, but I want you to really think about that. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just. Through Christ, he forgives us. He purifies us from all unrighteousness. So I am just so, so thankful for Jesus. So let's just come before God daily and ask him, have mercy on us. Let's confess our sins to him and allow him to forgive us uh, because he can do that. God can forgive you of your sin. That is great. Just think about that. Every sin you've committed, God can forgive you of that. And that doesn't mean to continue sinning. Um, that means to say, God, thank you that you forgive me and you change me. You purify me. Um, he will do that. Uh, so let's just enjoy God for who he is. And may we sing to God just as David did. That Psalm 51, um, there's a choir that goes with it. So it's a song. Um, David is singing, have mercy on me, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore in us the joy of our salvation. There should be joy in our salvation that, that Jesus has saved us. There's joy in that, that we are saved, that we can know God, we can have a relationship with God. He loves us and we can just bask in his love. Restore in us the joy of our salvation. Uh, God, may you do that daily. May you restore in us the joy of our salvation. Thank you that you have saved us, Father. Father, we just pray that you would restore that in us, restore the joy of our salvation every single day. And so I just want you guys to, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, as Psalm 51 says, just cry out to God, say, have mercy on me, and let him change you, let him fill you with his Holy Spirit, and uh, just enjoy him. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much, God, um, that you, you gave your son. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to this earth. The God of the universe humbled himself to time and to space and uh, to a baby in a manger um, to grow up and um, to die on our behalf and to, to rise again to... Uh, defeat sin and to defeat death. I thank you so much for that, God. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would have mercy on us, have mercy on me uh, for all that I have done, God. Lord, I know my sin, you know my sin. And God, I pray if there's anyone here who who doesn't know you um, but wants to know you, God, that they would even say to you right now, have mercy on me, O oh God, according to your unfailing love your love which never fails father i pray that that would be true today that people would would cry
cry out to you for mercy. I pray that we would do that um, every day, um, not not right after, only right after we sin, but in each day, God, that we would know that our hearts are not fully pure. Um, our righteousness is is filthy to you, God. Um, you see, you see through us, God. You know our hearts; they're corrupt. Uh, so, Lord, we ask that you would have mercy on us every day, and uh, I pray even as David said that um, we would teach transgressors your ways and um, that sinners would turn back to you. Uh, I pray that as we see that you have saved us, um, that we will share this with those around us, that we will thank you um, for saving us and that that joy of our salvation will shine through us, God. And um, as we have been forgiven, that we will forgive those around us we will forgive our, our mothers and our fathers and our brothers and our sisters. Uh, we will forgive those who have wronged us. Um, that we will love just as you have loved us, God. So, Lord, we, we thank you. And we just worship you and we praise you. And we ask that you would create in us a clean heart, O oh God. And restore in us the joy of our salvation. In Jesus' name.